It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. What is going on, everybody? This is the Go Birds Podcast, another edition of ESP's Draft Guide. Me and James will be back on Thursday with a live pod you know, getting more of James' take on what's going on with this draft, which is really crazily about three weeks away or less than three weeks away at this point. Really kind of feels like it uh, snuck up on us. I guess that's the result of going to the Super Bowl. So as I've been doing with uh, other positions, today I want to get into um, the cornerback position and not only talk about the guys I like, but really whether they should take one early on, what their current cornerback depth chart looks like. And I'll just be honest up front. My cornerback power rankings or draft board, whatever you want to call it, looks very different than a lot of other draft boards that you'll look at. I'm not as high as the guys that they ha- that a lot of draft experts have on the top, and I really think there's some value that can be had at number 30 or with that second round pick in terms of getting a cornerback, I think would really not only be able to contribute if needed right away, but could develop into that legit number one instead of guys like Gonzalez or Witherspoon who really are going to be expected to step in right away for whoever draft them. So we'll get into all the different cornerbacks, uh, but first let's let's talk about the cornerback position. So I think they surprised a lot of people, not me and not any Go Birds listeners, by bringing back James Bradbury. But as a result of bringing back Bradbury, and as a result of keeping Slay, despite that weird six hours where it looks like he might might have been gone, the Eagles do come back with arguably the best cornerback duo in the NFL. Feels like Miami is a lot of times when we talk about this, like best receiver duo besides maybe Miami. Best cornerback duo besides maybe Miami. So Miami has some talent. I mean, they did hand the Eagles their only training camp loss uh, of Nick Sirianni's career. But when you talk about the cornerback duo itself, with Bradbury, Slay, and Maddox, they have three guys that they can absolutely count on every week. They can cover number one receivers. They're good enough to cover teams that have two really good receivers. Maddox can cover the best corner or uh, slot receivers in the NFL. So they feel really good about where their cornerback trio is. But I think one way that I differ from other people in the opinion of the need for a corner is I think there's this perception that Slay's only going to be here for a year. I really don't think that's the case. I think they are going into this saying Slay is going to be here for two more years. When you look at that contract, it's going to be tough to cut him after this year. Now, we all know they don't really care about dead cap. So ultimately, they could just do it. 
But if Slay has the same year he had last year, he will be back in 2024. So Bradbury's deal as well pretty much guarantees he'll be here for two years, if not three years. I think you will you will see him redo that deal after two years if he's still here. But when you talk about Slay and Bradbury and really Maddox too, these guys are locked in. Like they're going to be here for two years. So with that being said, there isn't a need to, to get a corner that is ready to play right now. I mean, I think that there's more argument to be made for signing maybe another veteran backup at a minimum salary that could step in if needed. But they bring in Greedy Williams, who I think has some upside, not really a proven contributor. But if he's healthy and had to start, you could do a lot worse than him as a backup corner. Zach McPherson feels like his time as a potential starter has come and gone. Feels like he's just going to be a backup special teams player. I don't think they view him anymore as an eventual takeover on the outside guy. So that's really what they're working with at corner. You have Greedy Williams at the backup. You have Zach McPherson, who I think is just going to be a special teams player. Still have Josh Job, who I know they like and I actually think has a higher upside than Zach McPherson. Mario Goodrich, Kind of a low floor, high ceiling type of corner. Be interested to see if he even makes a team out of training camp. So their cornerback position is not one of need. I think early on in this draft process, um, you know, right after the uh, season ended, we would have sat here and go, okay, at 10, you're sitting there and you can get a good corner that they're going to need to start right away. The cornerback position has really slipped far down the list of needs at number 10. And I'm not saying you draft for a, an immediate roster need at 10, but the reality is they if they drafted a Christian Gonzalez or if they drafted a Devin Witherspoon, they're not going to play barring injury for two years or at least one year. Like Slay and Bradbury are going to be starters this year. Maddox, unless they move him to safety, which I don't think they will, they might in some packages, but not full time, is going to be a starter. So at 10, if you draft a corner, you're not only not, is he not really playing this year? I don't think there's a real clear role for him to be a starter until 2025, which sounds crazy to say that we're already in the year 2025. So for 2023, you don't really need a corner. And really for 2024, I think the plan is to have those three starters back as well. What that gives the Eagles is an ability to draft corners with great physical tools that just need coached up, right? Like Christian Gonzalez is probably the most ready to come in and play right away of all the corners, but... I don't know if his his floor, his uh, his ceiling is as high as others. So let's get into the cornerbacks. I do like just a heads up. Like I said, we're not going to talk about Christian Gonzalez till the fifth corner. I'm not that high on him. We'll get to Devin Weatherspoon in a minute. So my number one corner in the draft, in terms of taking into account skill, like positional value, where he'll be drafted, those type of things. So I did knock Christian Gonzalez a little bit for the fact that you would have to take him at 10. So the guy that I like the best out of all the corners in this draft is Keely Ringo out of Georgia. Six foot two, 210 pounds. I think you could get him definitely at 30. It's tough to tell if he'll if he'll last all the way to the Eagles second pick now. I'm sorry, second round pick. But here's what I really like about him. The dude has all the physical tools to be an elite shutdown corner. Like I said, six foot two, 210 pounds. Every scouting report you read about him is he's pure muscle, long wing, wingspan. According to Pro Football Focus, he clocked in a speed of 23 and a half miles per hour during pre-draft workouts. And just to put that into, into context, the fastest ball carrying carrier in the NFL last year. So the fastest any player ran with the ball, running back, cornerback, wide receiver, 
was 22 miles an hour. He ran almost two mile per hour faster than any ball carrier in the NFL last year. So he's tall. He can move. He's physical. He's long arms. He has the body to be an elite corner and he has elite speed. Like he has every trait you want. So why is he not going to get drafted early on? Well, first of all, he was, I think, projected earlier on to be a high pick. I think his draft stock took a hit last year, combined with the fact that Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, and really Joey Porter Jr. to an extent really increased there. So that bumped Keely Ringo down from, I think, going into last college football season, maybe being the number one corner, down to the fourth or fifth corner. But there are some other things that he needs to work on, right? The scouting reports that you read says he doesn't really do a great job tracking the ball. So when the ball's up, you know, he has trouble finding it, knocking it away, that type of thing. Also, oddly enough, a few scouting reports mentioned he wasn't a physical player, which is wild when you consider he's big, he's strong, he's from Georgia. You would think he would check the box as a physical player. But what I do like about him is the scouting report you read says he has that number one cornerback mentality. Like he has that attitude. He was the guy at Georgia that was that corner on the outside, played in an elite defense. And I know the Eagles don't just want to end up with all Georgia players. And there is a discussion to be had about how effective Georgia players are in the NFL. But just for the Eagles' needs and for what I think they they should look for in a corner, I think Keely Ringo should be number one on their board. I wouldn't take a corner at 10. I would target him with that second pick at number 30 overall, potentially, or maybe move up a little in the second round to get him. But number one corner on my board is Keely Ringo for the Eagles. Number two for me is Joey Porter Jr. Again, much like Keely Ringo, six foot two, 198 pounds, so lighter than Keely Ringo, but long arms. He's huge corner, massive wingspan, and that shows up not only when you watch his YouTube and how many passes he's able to deflect, but it also shows up in that he's a great tackler. He's very physical at the line of scrimmage. Like with those long arms, you see it again on YouTube, but also in the scouting reports, he wins at the line of scrimmage. When he gets his his hands on you and he can be physical, not a lot of cor- uh, receivers are able to break away from him. Now, he doesn't have great straight line speed. That is probably why, why he's talked more about as that number three corner in the draft as opposed to being number one. But he does have the long wins, wingspan, so he's able to kind of make up for losing at the line and, and getting giving away a step to receivers. And you see that with the fact that his 40% forced incompletion rate last year was the best of all cornerbacks in the top five leagues in college football. So no other corner in the NFL forced a higher percentage of incompletions when coming his way than him. So I really like uh, the, the makeup. I like the wingspan. I like the physical nature. I like the fact that he's proven at being able to you know knock the ball away. But what I also like about him, and this ties in a little to Keely Ringo and really a, a knock on Gonzalez when we get to him, is I like the fact that his dad is Joey Porter Jr. and that he's been through the NFL. And when you read about him, when you watch interviews, all those things, the dude just looks like he has that number one cornerback swag. And that's really important for me in a corner. We've seen in Philadelphia some talented corners come through that just don't have that mentality. Namdi Asamoa didn't really have that number one corner mentality. Jalen Mills. Not as talented as other corners that have come through here. And he certainly had games where he struggled. But for all the people that hated the finger wagging and all that stuff, that dude had the mentality of a number one corner. Darius Slay, the mentality of a number one corner. I think Joey Porter Jr. and Keely Ringo have the mentality of number one corners. I don't think they're afraid of a, of, of the moment. I think they're used to being the man on the outside. I think uh, Joey Porter's dad being Joey Porter is really good in terms of his mentality and his ability to handle the NFL. 
So I really have gone back and forth. I did have Joey Porter at one. I moved Keely Ringo to one. But those are, without question, my favorite two uh, in the draft. Number three for me is Devin Witherspoon. Now, I have him very close to Emmanuel Forbes, I'll be honest. But Devin Witherspoon, six foot one, 180 pounds, very skinny, right? Six foot one, 180 pounds. That's 30 pounds lighter than Keely Ringo, who only has an inch on him. Um, and what I, my concern about Devin Witherspoon is he really just kind of earned his high draft stock off of one year of play. He was not viewed as this top 15, top 10-ish talent until last year. Now, he earned it. He had a great year. Um, according to last year, Pro Football Focus, he was top five among all corners in completion percentage allowed, forced incompletions, passer rating allowed when targeted, and yards allowed per cap coverage snap. So all the stats you want to see from a corner, he was one of the best in college football at it last year. And he also did it while playing more snaps in man than any other corner. So he, like Keely Ringo and Joey Porter to me, has that number number one cornerback mentality. He can put him on the outside. He'll line up against anybody. He's used to being on an island. He's used to playing man coverage. Really good football IQ. You read that a lot in all the scouting reports about him, and you see it on YouTube as well. And so I like the fact that he has that mentality. He's used to playing on the outside. He does have a proven track record. Again, six foot one, very skinny, but I think he has enough of a enough of a frame to play on the outside. I don't think he's someone you'd have to move inside. I think he could do it if you needed him to, but I think he could ultimately play on the outside. So number one corner mentality, good football IQ. He's physical. Like one thing you really see Eagles Twitter talk about with him, and it shows up, is he will deliver big hits. I think of all the corners in this draft, he kind of has the most like Sauce Gardner swag to him, which I think really mattered last year for Sauce Gardner. Not that type of talent in my opinion, but I think he profiles the closest to him. So I wouldn't take him at 10, but if for whatever reason he makes it all the way to the 30, I would obviously be very interested in him there. So he's really only three on this board because of the draft stock, but I do like him. Again, the one year of production versus some of these other players is a little concerning, but ultimately... Maybe he's just hitting his stride right now. And I think that if Slay were to go down or Bradbury were to go down, Devin Witherspoon, in my opinion, is the number one corner in this draft that will be able to step in and play for, you know, two months or really the rest of the season if they were to go down. So Joey Porter Jr. I'm sorry, Kilo Rango number one for me, Joey Porter Jr. Then I go Devin Witherspoon. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, number four for me, Emmanuel Forbes, six foot, 180 pounds. He's viewed as a second round guy, but it really seems like his stock is rising. Maybe the league is higher on him than some of the draft experts are. You see that closer to the draft. When guys rise, it really just means you're finding out NFL teams are more interested in him. So what do I like about Emmanuel Forbes? Again, six foot, so not as tall as these other guys, but amazing ball skills. And he's very good in zone. That is something that came up a lot. In his scouting reports, the Eagles are expected to play a good amount of zone, so I think he could come in right away and be able to play. Uh, one scouting report mentioned that he would excel specifically in a Vic Fangio defense. Now, 
I know Gannon is gone, but Sean Desai also has some principles of a Vic Fangio defense. So when you combine his football IQ with his ability to make plays, he has 13 interceptions over three seasons. Like That's super impressive. And when you're playing in zone, that really shows, look, sometimes you just get the ball thrown your way. But if you get that amount of interceptions in three years in zone, you know what you're doing. You're jumping passes. You're reading. You're, you're diagnosing before the snap. So I think his football IQ will make him be able to come in and play right away. Like I said, plays a ton of zone, but also considered very good in man coverage. So scheme versatile in terms of what you could do with him. He's long enough and can jump very high, which is not something you see often in these scouting reports. But if you mentioned just straight up his vertical is really good. And that allows him, despite being six foot, to make plays on jump balls that you know other taller corners can make despite not maybe having as much of a vertical leap. So I think that while he is, again, two inches shorter, which... Come draft season, feels like a lot. In season, not that big of a deal. I do have confidence he'll be able to go up and win jump balls. Thin frame, 180 pounds, you know, kind of like Devin Witherspoon, uh, which is a concern, again, on the outside. I think he does have the body to do it. Um, the scouting tape mentioned he will freelance and his eyes will get him in trouble. So I think that's where you see those 13 interceptions in three years. Like, he will trust himself. He will, if, if he's looking at something he thinks that's what he sees, it will get him in trouble and that leads to freelancing. But I think you can get co- you can get coached out of that, especially playing around Slay and Bradbury. So Emmanuel Forbes, I would definitely take him with their second round pick. I'd consider him at number 30. Again, I don't think corner's that big of a need, but I really like Emmanuel Forbes. I mean, you could even you could even actually convince me to to move him higher up on this board than, than I have him. But those are the four guys, uh, Joey Porter, Keely Ringo, Devin Witherspoon, and Emmanuel Forbes, that when I went through these drafts among the top guys, really felt like, you know, they are players that would be worth drafting. Not at number 10, but uh, I think are check a lot of boxes of what I look for in corners. All right, let's talk about Christian Gonzalez. Six foot two, 201 pounds, viewed as the best corner right up there with Devin Witherspoon. He does move very well, which sometimes when you're you're that big, you, you worry about the movement, but he moves very well, great athlete, plays physical, excellent tackler. He missed only 6% of his attempts last season, according to Pro, Pro Football Focus. Um, you know, he's a guy that early in his career, I believe it was Colorado, good player, went to Oregon, had an outstanding year. This is my concern about him, and I will put my hand up and say maybe I'll be wrong about this, but I read two different scouting reports that mentioned doesn't seem to have the cornerback one mentality and that he loses a lot of jump balls. One mentioned that the scouting report, uh, I'm sorry, one scouting report mentioned that he needs a fire lit under him. Look, I don't know Christian Gonzalez. Maybe it's draft season stuff. Maybe he does have that number one corner swag, but when I read that, I watch interviews with him. You watch the tape or the, the YouTube I just, I don't know if he has it to be the guy. And if you're going to take him at 10, he has to be the guy. Like, point blank period, the guy. Would I take Christian Gonzalez in the second round? Absolutely, right? He has the physical tools uh, and all those things. But if I'm taking him as high as 10, I I am not in on that. I don't think he's worth that number 10 pick. I'm worried about what I saw in the scouting reports. And again, when you watch the YouTube, it does kind of show up. Like, he's not a super physical guy. Even though he can tackle, he's just really like he loses jump balls. I, I just I didn't really like what I saw when when I when I watched the YouTube of Christian Gonzalez. So that's why I would put him lower down than most people. I think it's a good thing the Eagles brought back Slay and Bradbury because they I don't think Gonzalez is ready to step in and be a number one corner. Maybe a year from now we'll come back and this will be an embarrassingly bad evaluation on my behalf. 
but I'm not in on Christian Gonzalez. So I would put him fifth just because he does have elite physical tools and maybe in the NFL someone can get to him and coach him up and all those things. But he doesn't, to me, feel like that number one corner. Whereas I think Devin Witherspoon has a little more of those qualities, and I definitely think Joey Porter Jr. has some of those qualities. Not as much physical ability as Gonzalez, but Witherspoon does. Porter Jr. doesn't. But I think Gonzalez is a clear three for me among the top three guys. All right, let's get into five guys that are more of the second batch of guys. Like the guys that are probably going to go third round. I mean, this one guy is kind of climbing, but... Third round, you know, those type of guys. So Deontay Banks out of Maryland, six foot two, 205 pounds. He's now being talked about at the end of the first round, so they might have to take him at 30. Great size, physical player, very physical at the line of scrimmage. Only missed one tackle last year. Very impressive, according to Pro Football Focus. He was fourth best in college football and completion percentage allowed, and he has great recovery speed. So he's able to play press if he loses at the line of scrimmage. He has the speed to go down the field then and, and kind of make up for, for that lost step you might get at the line of scrimmage. So great physical tools, Deontay Banks. Um, so I think at the end of the second round, I'm sorry, end of the first round, late second round, maybe some interest. But one thing you can probably hear in my voice with all these is I'm just not that into drafting a corner early on. So I recognize Deontay Banks' draft status is a little early. It is higher than I'm willing to take him. I'd be more interested at 63 than I am at 30. Julius Brent out of Kansas State, six foot four, so great size, 202 pounds, obviously light for six foot four. Some of these corners we've talked about that are six two, way more than he does. Viewed as a second round guy, his wingspan is six foot 10 inches, an insanely long wingspan that's going to allow him to break passes up. It's going to allow him to make plays on balls that he wouldn't be able to otherwise and other corners wouldn't otherwise. He has the size to match up with any receiver or tight end in the NFL. He's someone like if if he can develop as in, in coverage, he's someone you put on Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. Like he has that type of size, those type of arms, pretty good speed, right? Moves well considering his size. He's not uh you know, straight line, electric down the sideline at that size, it's hard for him to do. But I think his speed is good enough when I watched him and also when I read enough scouting reports. So that is one, that is the one concern and why he's not higher up is because he doesn't have that straight line speed. But I think the wingspan and I think, uh, you know, the football IQ makes up for it. So another knock on him, not a great tackler, but he's someone with his physical skill set. If you can coach him up on tackling and you can find a role for him in the defense, that size just doesn't come around often. So I really, I like him out of Kansas State. He's definitely a second round guy uh, and would have some interest at 63. All right, Travius Hodges Thompson. Tomlinson, sorry, the names are getting me again. Travius Hodges Tomlinson at a TCU. The last name sounds familiar. It's because his dad is Ladanian Tomlinson. Five foot nine, 180 pounds, viewed as a third round guy. He won the Jim Thorpe Award for best defensive back in college football. He forced 21 incompletions more than anyone else in college football. He has legit speed, does an awesome job breaking routes to break up passes, as you can tell by the 21 incompletions. Really good football IQ. Uh, He's got a lot of aggressiveness to his game. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Avante Maddox, only like a more aggressive version of Avante Maddox when I read his scouting report. Undersized at 5'9", 180 pounds, like, that's what I weigh after you know a weekend of bad eating and drinking. So definitely undersized. He played mostly out wide, but I do think obviously he'll have to be a nickel in the NFL. Didn't get a ton of reps there. So with some of these other players, we've talked about it, how you want to see what they did in college translates to the NFL. 
you didn't get a lot of tape of him inside at nickel. But man, I love the attitude. I love the aggressiveness. I love his ability to jump on passes. I love how feisty he is for five foot nine. And if they needed a nickel, I'd be very in on him being their nickel. Again, if Maddox moves to safety, maybe he has more of a full-time role there. But if they can, if he's there in the third round and they haven't drafted a corner yet, I would definitely be in on giving this guy a try. I think he's just a great football player, great attitude, great mentality. I think he would just be a very good addition to this football team. So I really like uh, Hodges Tomlinson in the third round. All right, last two, more of, you know, we'll see where they go, but these are more definitely on the back end. Eli Ricks out of Alabama, 6'2", 190 pounds, started his college career great off at LSU, ton of injuries, led him to miss time. He had to transfer to Alabama, was awesome last year, but only played four games due to injury. But he has prototypical cornerback size and length, and he moves very well according to the scouting reports, and he has great football smart. So this is someone, if you look at the Eagles' strategy so far this offseason, it has been to sign guys that are talented but have injury problems. Eli Ricks is that guy. Injuries are why he's going to last as long as he was. If he didn't get hurt at LSU, if he didn't deal with injuries at Alabama, we might be talking about him as a first-round talent. And really a lot of the Alabama guys, the, the two safeties that are expected to be drafted early on, in him, like just good football players. And so I would really like him in the third round. I think when you look at like a Julius Brents out of Kansas State, more physical tools than Eli Ricks. But Eli Ricks, I think, is probably a better corner right now. Um, so the injuries are why he's going to take, uh, why he's going to last as long as he is. Maybe you could argue they've got too many injured guys, so don't take them. But I think he could end up being great value in a later round that could turn into a legit starter. All right, the last person, uh, corner, I want to talk about. DJ Turner out of Michigan, six foot, 180 pounds. He's viewed as a third round guy. I think he'll probably last until the fourth, but elite, elite athlete that didn't play at Michigan a ton until his final year. But when he got on the field, he was one of the best cornerbacks in college football. So, you know, he has, again, the physical traits, uh, very quick, good on the outside. One thing you read about him is he's not very physical in the run or at the catch point. So I think he's more of a finesse type player. Another concern is he's on the older side. He didn't play until late in his career. So that that is a concern if we're talking about a developmental player. But I think that upside of just not having played a ton and being that athlete and playing at a high level at that school, that really interests me. So DJ Turner back into the third round. Um, you know, if they end up getting more mid-round picks, maybe he's an option there. But man, I I think DJ Turner could be a player right away for, for a team that needs instant help. So that's how I view the cornerback position. I don't think it's a need for them early on. I think there are enough guys like Emmanuel Forbes, Keely Ringo, who have legit number one potential that you don't have to take that early on. And then again, Travius uh, Hodges Tomlinson. Like There are some guys here. I don't think Christian Gonzalez stands out enough to be worth that 10th pick. They took Devin Witherspoon at 10. I think he has great potential to be an outside guy. I just don't see the role for him in this team early on. So thankfully, they brought back Bradbury. They brought back Slay. They still have Maddox. They don't have a need because I think this draft is much better. This is probably something they saw for guys that are going to take a year or two to get ready. But man, in two years, could be really good starters. So thank you to everybody for listening to another one of ESP's draft reports. Going to keep these going a little bit more. We have a lot of good positions still to get into. Offensive line, safety, tight end, quarterback, right? Right? Quarterback. Listen to that teasing podcast voice right there so thank you to everybody um we'll be back like i said me and james will have a pod on thursday so if you're still listening you are an auto downloader you are a real one appreciate it if you're not 
hit that auto download button. You get all the episodes first. You get them right away. Go leave a five-star review. I would very much appreciate it. So until next time, he's Elliot. I'm James. Window Nation has the coolest deal ever for keeping you warm. Get two windows free with every two you buy with zero down payment, zero monthly payments, and pay zero interest for 24 months. Now is the perfect time to take advantage of Window Nation's deep discounts all while reinvesting in your biggest asset. Not to mention the savings on your energy. Up to 43% of your home utility bill goes to heating and cooling. With new Window Nation windows, you can cut those energy bills during cold winter months by keeping your hot air in and the cold air outside. Go with the window company that has installed over 1 million windows, all with 96% customer satisfaction. Now is the time to upgrade the look and feel of your home, all while saving thousands on your energy bills. Call 866-90-NATION and get two windows free with every two you buy with no limit. Plus, make no down payment, no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. Call Window Nation today, 866-90-NATION, or go to windownation.com and tell them Elliot Shore Park sent you.